We're going to kick off, <clears throat> kick off the um, SBS with um, James chapter 1, first 12 verses, and we'll be in the book of James um, every night this week. So we'll kick it off today. It's going to tie in really well with what uh, Brian's uh, lesson was about this morning. James has to do at least the first from chapter 1 through about chapter 2 and verse 18, roughly in there, it's all about one word, trials, trials. Uh, the word picture in the Greek for the word trial is a refining of gold and silver. That's what trials, uh, that's the word picture God wants us to get that when the heat's on and the heat's going to turn on, if it hasn't already, it will, and uh, it'll do it again after that. When the heat's on, it's a test. It's just like gold is the high temperature for gold and silver. Each have a little bit different melting point, but uh, it, it's to get off all of the dross, I guess you would say, or the impurities, to, to, to burn all of that off so that you would have pure gold and pure silver. That's what the word trial means in the original Greek language. So when you see the word trial, think of high temperature, metals passing through, and burning off impurities. So God said, that's, that's how your trials are going to be. Um, you're going to face trials, as Brian mentioned this morning, and of course we all know that. We're going to face trials. We're going to. If you haven't, it's on the way to your house as we speak. Trials, the testing of our faith. Now, the chapter, verse 1, is something that's strange to some people. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or various tests. Now, notice that he didn't use the word count it all happiness when you fall into various trials. Happiness comes from a, a word that, that, that says happenings or happen. Things happen to us, and far too many times it affects our mood that day. Have you ever heard that? I'm having a good day. Well, you're just having good happenings that day. It's very shallow. Happiness is very shallow. Very shallow. If you live in your life trying to be happy, you're going to be disappointed a good bit of the time. Paul didn't say that. Or, I'm sorry, James didn't say that. Count it all happiness when you fall into trial. There ain't nothing happy about that. He says, count it all joy. Remember the little song? I still remember when it, they used to call it Vacation Bible School when we were little kids. And we would, maybe you sing it today. I'm out of the little kids kind of a thing. <clears throat> I've got the joy, joy. I see. Joy, 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 joy. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. And he goes on, deep in my heart. That's biblical joy. He doesn't say I've got the happiness because I'm going to tell you, happiness is fickle. 
you not only be happy one day and sad the next day, you can be happy and sad within the same day because you let your surroundings, your happenings, determine uh, how you're going to react to this test. We need to stop that. And don't talk to Veronica now because she would say, dude, that's you at times. It may be all of us at times where we, we just let this, this, this world uh, affect our mood because we're either happy or, or we're sad. That is not what Paul said here. Uh, James said here. I'll get it right in a second. He says, count it all joy. Would somebody give me, based on what we said so far, uh, how would you define joy? You can yell it out if you like. Contentment, Contentment is a part of it. Yes, no, Gary, you're right. Uh, what else? Being I'm sorry? Being satisfied, Being satisfied with what? Go, go ahead, Nelson. There you go. There you go. All these things are so. But if we focus, as Brian mentioned, his lesson, if we focus on God, and regardless of what's going on around us, we keep that focus. When the heat is turned up to refine us, we don't quit. How many times? We've seen it in this church. I can name lots of names, or several names, that when the heat was turned up, they quit. COVID, they quit. Why the heat's turned up? How, how, could, how could God let this happen to me? Well, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's sad because they were, they were looking at external things. Not, I'm coming, Brian, and not as Brother Nelson said. It's got to come from in here so that we can keep our focus on him when the heat's turned up. Uh, go ahead, Brian. You see the results of what the trials are going to bring you to, and that changes your focus, right? Because you see the, you see the good things that will eventually come to you as a result of it, <clears> and that brings you a, a certain level of satisfaction. Like if you're at the gym and you're working out and you, you that's not comfortable at the time, but you know that it's going to make you healthier and stronger in the end. It's not comfortable at the time. So what? We'll get through it. Go ahead, Don. The same word karma is used in Matthew 25, where Jesus is talking about the reward. Enter into the joys that are prepared for you. And it, when, when you look at, at the end result of our labors here, everything we go through, you can't imagine the pleasures, the bliss, the contentment that awaits us in heaven. True. That's absolutely true. One writer wrote uh, his definition of joy. I like it. Tranquility of the soul. Tranquility of the soul. When Jesus was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, he said, don't be terrified by what's getting ready to happen, and it was terrifying things coming. But he said, don't be terrified by those things. Tranquility in the soul. That's where we have to be, and that's how we get through these things. Otherwise, we say, I'll just quit and I'll go somewhere else. 
having a bad day, happenstance happened to me, so therefore I'm not good today. That's not what James is saying at all, at all. Um, and it develops perseverance. Well, what is perseverance? Give me some other words for perseverance. Keep going. Stick to it. Uh, Peggy? Endurance. You got to hang in there, brother. You got to hang in there. Perseverance. Stand firm. Stand firm. You don't run when things get tough. I'm going to quit. No. You got to stand firm. Regardless of what's happenings that that joy that uh, happiness comes from joy is this inner tranquility of the soul that i'm going to be able to get through this with god's help otherwise man we're going to be all over the map go ahead tony uh, hope. <clears throat> hope absolutely absolutely hope now it, it says it, it it develops perseverance endurance um, it, it tests us, uh, it, it, it gives us uh, the ability to stand when, when the heat is on and all those kinds of things. Now, I'm not going to ask the question yet, but I'm going to ask it in just maybe five minutes. So, so what does that mean? Before I get there. Sometimes things happen to us and we are tested. The heat is on. We're under where God is testing us. Ephesians 1. He does test us. <clears throat> Do we pass that or not? And I told Brian I'm going to share a little personal story. Take a couple, couple of minutes. I don't normally like to do this, but I think it illustrates the point. And then I want to ask you some things. 1995, we lived in North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. <clears throat> Austin was in his fourth year of pharmacy school. Michelle was in her senior year of high school. And in order not to move her for a year, year and a half, I was going, I flew out every Monday morning from Raleigh to St. Louis, every Monday morning. And I flew home late every Friday night for 50 weeks so that we didn't have to take her out of the school she was in. And Brock and I, we went to the, uh, she took me to the airport, and I, you know, it got to the point where I said, I don't know for how long, much longer I can do this. It's killing us. So I get there, <clears throat> signed a good contract, and after one year, I was going to get a big bonus with this, as a privately owned company, and he was an alcoholic. He drank a fifth of scotch every day. And I should have known that. I should, or should have seen that, I guess, in the interview process. Um, so after 50 weeks, he calls me in on a Friday. He was drunk, still from the night before. I ran the factory. And he said, you're fired. I said, what? No warning, no nothing. Well, you're fired. So I loaded my... Chevy Blazer, that was mistake number one, but anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. No, I know Gary. I'm messing with you, Gary. Uh, but I had a Blazer. Loaded up, and I went to North Carolina. Now, Purdue is not cheap. 
I had, uh, the financial pressure was on. And I have no job after all those years. So Veronica was teaching, so she was able to keep the food on the table and the rent paid, or the mortgage paid. But that's about it. I went through all, I went from anger to I'll go back to Missouri and I'll kill this guy. I mean, crazy things. To crying constantly, taking long walks every day, two and three times a day, an hour at a time, trying to, to get right here. So happenings had happened to me in a bad, bad way. And do you quit or do you go on? Now, I'm, I have a point to this in a second. A lot of prayer. I, I, one day the phone rings from out of the blue. When I had a, a, a guy who was uh, executive vice president of a, of a company that he had toured my factory with the CEO a year or two earlier, and he remembered me. Joseph. He remembered me and said, would you like to come to Iowa? Iowa? <laughs> Brother, I'll go anywhere at this point uh, for an interview. So we go there in January. There was a, it was 50 below zero, a blizzard like you've never seen. We're in a hotel. I'm going for an interview, and my boss ended up being my boss said, Don't, you can't come. The roads are too bad. You can go back home if you want to. Veronica says, I think I see a mall. <laughs> a, it was snowing sideways across that parking lot. I said, Veronica, we can't get in the car. The doors at locks are frozen. Yeah, I think we can make it. We went to the mall. We were the only ones there. That's another story. <laughs> so I go in for the interview. Wonderful job. Best job I ever had. Best company I ever worked for. The best boss I ever had. <clears throat> it just happened to be in northwest Iowa. So we're going to go to church. We, I'd read where there's a church in Sioux City, not much in Iowa. So we pull up on a Sunday morning, a blizzard like it was unbelievable. We park across the church from the church building up. We thought, I thought it was abandoned. The church was given free to the people there. So we wait and we wait. And I said, Brock, there's no church here. It's abandoned. So I said, well, I guess it's the end of this job. So... We look, it just happened. A car pulls up. Greg, Greg was a member of that church for a while. Car pulls up, two people get out. Snow, you know, and they and they they open the church building. I said, there's at least two people here alive. <laughs> so we go in there, and there was about six there that day because of the inclement weather, which was quite common in Sioux City, Iowa. The church was 18 people. So we debate. Are we going to move there? What's that church going to do for us? What's it going to do for us? How are we going to grow here? And she said, what are we going to do for that church? I said, Bronca, we've, we've been a long time since we were in a church this small. They were all converted to Lutheran, so you can imagine the baggage they brought. So my boss made me the job offer. We moved to Northwest Iowa. I lived in a one-room converted hotel room for almost six months while Michelle finished high school by myself. 
Now, you think, big, so what? When we left there, <clears throat> the church was 38 members, of which Greg Duckworth was one of them, and the church was going really well. So what could I, the church do for me? What can you do for the church? That's what you need to be asking yourself. Um, it's not a title. It's a job that we all have signed up for. There's a big difference. Now, it produced perseverance. It produced steadfastness. We were able to help that church there for a few years be before I was transferred uh, to Kansas City. Um, did it build our faith? Yes, it did. Did it build our endurance? Yes, it did. Did it help us? Yes, it did. Now, that's an illustration of perseverance when trials come your way. Those trials look like they're insurmountable. I don't know if we're going to get through this. We did get through this, and it made us stronger people. Now, how is God going to use that? How is God going to use your trials? For, did he do that just for me? And he was involved. Phone just happened to ring, and people just happened to pull up just as we're pulling up. That just doesn't happen. Now, think of your trials that you are going through or that you have gone through or that you're going to go through. Going to quit? You can. People do. But how can you use your trials to help others? That's the question. That is the question. Um, somebody give me some, what trials do we face? Not necessarily you, but just throw, throw, throw out some trials. Well, unemployment, for sure. I've never been unemployed before, didn't know what that meant. I used to think, why don't you go get a job? Well, your circumstances can change, brother. They can change fairly quickly. You can go from the top to the bottom fairly quickly. I was used to people carrying my bags to private planes in my career. And now I'm unemployed in North Carolina, trying to pay the bills. It can happen. James, what's another trial? Yeah, uh, those are, yes, that's a generic, thank you, those are generic things. What's specific, Rick? Declining health. Declining health. That's a good one. Now, if you have declining health, or if you've had to go through declining health with your parents, how can you help others who are going through declining health? You can, but you've got to keep your eyeballs open. What about alcohol? Anybody had trouble with alcohol in their lives? I have. Can I help others who have alcohol problems? Not about me. Tell my story to them. Brother, sister, you're not in this by yourself. Other people have gone through this and got through it. Tony, I've already got you. Kevin, uh, one, uh, go ahead and Ryan. Go, go ahead, Kevin, quick, Lee. 
Yes, that's a good one, Kevin. Divorce, uh, relationships that, we, that fall apart. Now, how can you use that to help others? You can, but who are going through relationship problems. Good one, Kevin. Uh, uh, go ahead, no, I'm sorry, Ryan. No, go ahead. Uh, what about pornography? The church, we're, we'd be amazed. I've seen statistics recently that are scary in the church with pornography. Now, can one help once you get through that? And you will. We can. I know people that have in different countries even that I've worked with. Can you get through it? Yes. Uh, did God help you get through it just for you? What can you do for others? You can share your story. You can help them. Brother, sister, I, I can get through this. You can get through this. Relationships. I, you, you just name it. Go ahead, Gary. One thing I think is very important while we're talking about this, this is something that I went through, is if we don't reflect back on those and see how God got us through it, and this is all just academic, and I, and I really stress this to some of the young people, because we all go through these things. I don't care what age you are, but start Then you've learned something. Does it make you more empathetic or less empathetic? More. So, but here's, an, here's the idea. Raise your eyes up. Look around. People, we have all these announcements all the time of what's health issues and all these things. Look around and befriend somebody. If you've been through that yourself, we're not going through this in fact, I'll be honest, I don't think we can make it as individuals to heaven. In fact, I'm certain we can't. Can't make it on your own. You can't. God gave us community. What is that community? The church. The church. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why do we try to go it alone so many times? Why? Anybody got any ideas there? Why do we try to go it alone? Emma? No, go ahead, Emma. I'm sorry. I still can't hear you. Pride. Pride? Well, you know, we're men. We can't be sure. Really? Who told you that? Well, my dad told me that. But other than that, Lance, come in, John. Sometimes people have failed us in the past. Ah. That's true. In case of you didn't hear it, sometimes people have failed us in the past. Don't tell this, and it's told. Support me in this, and you're not supported. So what does that do? It burns you. It burns you. Uh, a scar. I, I'm not going to, that's it, I'm done. Yes, absolutely. I saw another hand or two. Oh, I'm sorry, John, yeah. Just to help put this in perspective, God himself is a relationship. The three, himself is a relationship. 
Okay. Embarrassment's a big one. Embarrassment's a big one. Should have been further along, but right. you, you weren't the person who you wanted to be. You're embarrassed, but then you're obviously knowing that other people know that is, is also embarrassing. It can be an embarrassment. It can hurt our pride. Has anybody ever seen the word pride used in a good sense in the New Testament? Let me know if you have, because I've looked. The word pride is never used one time in the New Testament in a positive sense when it's talking about mankind. Not one time. Now, if it's there, I stand correct. But I've never seen it. So what's the big deal with pride then? I don't know. Anything else on that? Use your challenges. Use your tests when you come through it on the other side. Sometimes we fail tests. Do we fail tests occasionally? We do. We do. Pick yourself up and go on and, and try to pass the next test. Then you can help others. Mike. This is what Paul talked about, and he talked about joy. It starts with our trials. In Philippians, we use it a lot in prayer. We talk about being joyous and be happy. But he goes on to say, I have learned. And I look at the things I've learned, and the only way I get through Yeah. We were talking about, I've been there too. Been lost jobs, houses, what are you going to do? Old misery. Yeah, yeah. We lose our focus on who God is. When that happened, were there people here to help you, Mike? There were people to get through it. And you were one of them. Well, I, now, it's not about you, but you look up. You realize there are people around who will help you get through your problems. If you look and you let it be known. Now, we're not mind readers. You've got to let it be known. Yeah. Uh, how did Elijah take his testing? Well, pretty good at first. When, when he had all those, on uh, Mount Carmel, had all those prophets killed. Um, and then. Uh, he was damned that day. Yeah. <laughs> the happenings that day. Uh, he was riding high, and then Jezebel said, I will kill you. So he ran. He, in fact, he ran a long, long way, and God came to him. God didn't give up on him. God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Ask him three times, what are you doing here? It's time to get up and get after him. Remember, what, is, what was Elijah's answer? I'm the only one trying to do right. God said, almost if he... Really, Elijah, really? I've got thousands of people here that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. Now you get up and you go get busy. What happened to Mrs. Job during those tests? Those were major tests. I'm not sure I could have passed those. I probably couldn't be honest about it. What did Miss, Mrs. Job say? You should curse jo uh, God and die. Sometimes there are people that do that. And they give up and they quit. You've been on this earth as long as I have. Uh, and 
I get, in every state we've had where we've lived, there, there are people that have done that. They gave up, they quit. And you can. You got no other place to go, really. Before we get into asking for wisdom, anything else on that, look around how you can help somebody else. I'll never forget our good brother Timothy Barge. Everybody loved Timothy. When he was in the nursing home, we all been there many times, and here's Timothy. His health is declining. He doesn't have long to live. You know what Timothy's doing at at the lunch table every day? Talking about Jesus. And he got to the point where I've been sitting there more than once where someone would say, Brother Timothy, would you offer thanks today for the... These aren't religious people, most of them. Would you offer thanks for the meal today? So no matter what your situation, you can can help somebody else. All right, last call before we get into wisdom. We're good. Okay, wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, we do. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Where does wisdom come from? I didn't say knowledge. Where does knowledge come from? That comes from you and me in here. Didn't say knowledge, said wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Well, how do we get it? See, I've got to find it here where God, okay, I'll say this little prayer comes from God. And he says, I want you to ask for wisdom. And he said, I will give it to you sparingly. Is that what he said? I will give to you liberally and without reproach. The word reproach there is one of the most interesting words from the Greek in the New Testament, in my opinion. Reproach means this. God said, you come to me and ask for wisdom, and I'll give it to you a lot without reproach. Reproach literally means in the original to cast back into the teeth of, to cast it back into the teeth of. You go, well, what does that mean? Here's what it means. <clears throat> Children, they come to you when they were, give me, Dad, could you give me a $20 bill? Yeah, I'll give you a 20 and you get, or didn't I give you a 20 last Thursday? Where did that go? That's casting it back into the teeth of. God says, when you come to me for wisdom, he doesn't say, well, didn't you ask Jonathan last Thursday for wisdom? <laughs> Dude, I only got so much. That's casting it back into the teeth of. He said, when you come to me and ask for wisdom, we can't explain it. I will give it to you. And when you come to me tomorrow and ask for wisdom, I'll give you some more. He doesn't cast it back at us like we did uh, when our children wanted more money. I just gave you money. That's casting it back at them. That's what that word literally means in the Greek. Because <clears throat> I'm quite the Greek scholar. No, I'm not. But I know what that word means. To cast it back into the teeth of You ask for wisdom, God says, I will give it to you. How's he do it? I don't know. He goes on to say, look at at the next verse. But let him ask in what? Faith. With no what? No doubting. For he who doubts 
It is like a wave of the sea. We've, I love the ocean. Wouldn't want to live on it or the storms, but I love to go there. And those waves just keep rolling in. The sound, it's the most, I love it. But people who doubt, who has little faith, it's not like the wave of the sea. It just comes in, it goes out. Guess what? There's another one coming. Comes in and goes out. And he said, don't expect me to give you anything, my people, if when you ask for these things and you ask for wisdom, don't worry about how I'm going to get it to you. Don't worry if I'm going to give it to you. Because if you do, you're not going to get it. Boy, so what's involved there? One word, starts with an F. Faith. Faith. Well, where, what was joy again? Increased faith that we internalize, that we're grounded in, and the external circumstances of life, well, they're not pleasant. I'm not going to sit up here and say, well, boy, I'm, I'm, I, today wasn't a good day because of the happenings. That's going to happen. And he didn't say be happy about that. He said be happy about the joy that's in here for where you're going and what I'm going to do for you when you ask in faith. You see that? How do you explain it? The floor is yours. I don't know. But he says, you ask for wisdom, the ability to discern things, the ability to apply the knowledge. It's one thing to have knowledge. That's wonderful. But if you don't know how to apply it or how to help other people with it, what good is it? I don't know. I'm not aware of any good. It's good to have, but it's also better to apply. Questions or thoughts on that? Uh, Ryan. It's interesting you talk about wisdom right after the trial. And the fact that that trial has just brought you wisdom, you learn how to get through it the next time. You learn how to get through it next time, Don. That's debatable. Preachers say, "Be careful what you pray for." <clears throat> when you pray for wisdom, you're going to have trials to teach you wisdom. When you pray for humility, you are going to be humbled so you understand humility. And so there's, we, we look at the joy which we derive from being a child of God, but along with that is the trials that teach us continuously our place. Okay. And how to help each other. How to help each other. Now, as a church, let's get real for a second. As a church, we've touched on off and on. Oh, my word. Um, how can we help others get through trials in this community, this church? How can we do that? Some we've touched on. Now, what do we all like to do? We love to talk. Do we love to listen? Big difference. Uh, those things, what you said, Annette, are, are absolutely true. Are we as good a listener 
We're usually not. Because you know what we're usually trying to, when someone's talking, what are we saying to ourselves? Would you stop already? They get that spotlight back over here where it belongs. On me. We don't say those kinds of things, but it appears that way, and I do that. Be a good listener. For others, they'll probably tell you what some of their trials are, and maybe you can help them, or maybe you can guide them to someone who's going through those trials. But the only way to know that is to know each other. We have to know each other. There's that community. And some of the things in that are, are absolutely true. Um, what's the difference between empathy and sympathy? What's the difference? Yes, ma'am. Sympathy is where you experience yourself, so you know that what they're going through is not your fault. Sympathy is where you don't ever have that experience, but you still try to comfort that one person. That's awesome. That's that's perfect. Now, are both of those necessary? Yes. Both of those are really, really good. Um, if you've been through a divorce, who can you help? People have been through a divorce. I can be sympathetic, but I can't be empathetic because I don't understand that. Nobody in my family was ever divorced. I don't understand that. But, but I, you certainly have my sympathies, but you don't have my empathy because I don't understand. Um, the shared experiences that Brian even talked about. Uh, do we need each other? Sometimes we think we don't. You know, I get here late. I'm the first one out. Don't come back out on Wednesday night. And I don't need those people. Really? Really. You won't make it. You won't last. This is an endurance race. You try to go it alone, I'm just telling you, through being an old guy, you won't make it. You'll quit along the way. Good point. That's a good point. Can we pray for each other? God said, now when you pray, don't doubt. If you pray for rain, you better get your umbrella out. That's the faith we have to have. Faith we have to have. And then we have to look for opportunity. You have to look. Joan? Joan? Yes, that's absolutely true. I've got two minutes now to go through the, the, the rich and the poor. <laughs> he says that let the lowly brother, now these are all external trials. These are, he's talking about external stuff here, not the internal so much. Now the external things may cause internal ter, uh, turmoil. It will. But he's talking about external things going on. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. Now, how can a poor person, a poor Christian, glory in his exaltation? Exaltation about what? 
not worldly status. The status in the, in the church, we're all the same. We all have the same opportunity, the same access. So even a poor person can be on the same level as anybody else because we serve the same God and we have the same hope. Now, notice, but the rich in his humiliation. Now, some, I know, I know it's over, but some commentators say that there's a lowly brother who's had a windfall. He's now exalted. Some, some people say that the rich who used to be rich have lost it all. Could be. But uh, a lot of people think, and I'd lean toward this, that, that we're all, the playing field is leveled regardless of your worldly situation by Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are. The, do rich people have a temptation? They sure do. Do poor people, is there any merit in being poor? There's not. There's not. There's, there's, there's really not. Proverbs, would somebody, I know we're done, but turn to Proverbs 30, 7 through 9, and read it really loudly. Proverbs chapter 30, 7 through 9. <clears throat> Jake, you've got a big voice. Uh, would you mind doing that? Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. I'll paraphrase it, and then we're done. I, I know I've gone over. I'm sorry. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Proverb writer, the, the wisest man other than Jesus himself, said, Give me neither poverty or riches in a perfect world. I don't want to be rich, don't want to be poor. But if I'm rich, I may forget you. That's the temptation. If I'm poor, I may have to resort to, to being a thief to, 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 make, to make things ends meet. So he said, I'd just as soon not be either one. So the rich and the poor. Because notice in verse 11, I'm done, promise this time. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. If you're very rich, how long do you have? Not long. You're going to be like, to, be like the grass in that Middle Eastern grass. Been there. Spent a month there almost. When that sun comes up, kind of like here, that little pretty flower is laying over dead. You're not going to take anything with you, even if you're rich. And if you're poor... You, you got so much better waiting for you anyway. So that's James chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, um, fairly, relatively quickly. We could go another hour easy. I got that much information, but we will stop. Thank you. Thank you for all your good comments. Appreciate your attention. I, I'm, a, I'm a face watcher, and the faces were good today. Thank you. <laughs>